Hey everybody, you're listening to the latest episode of Why I Coach on nebpreps.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Truck Center Companies. Matt Hoskinson here for Truck Center Companies. We know that for truck drivers, every minute your truck is sidelined, you're losing money. It's your livelihood. That's why our diesel techs work fast to service your truck and get it back out on the road. But we're also here with daily, weekly, and monthly truck rentals and truck leasing. We have quick credit application approvals and a wide variety of trucks for lease or rent that are ready to get your business back into gear. Keep your drive alive and come see us at one of our 10 locations throughout Nebraska, Kansas, and Iowa, or visit truckcentercompanies.com what is happening everybody welcome to why i coach on nebpreps.com some of you might say at nebpreps.com I'm, I'm okay with that what, whatever whatever works for you uh, I'm, I'm perfectly fine with that why i coach though it started from strive sports it's morphed over here to nebpreps that's how i say it anyway and we are very excited to get a brand new season rolling for you and we begin uh, in volleyball country, because uh, Nebraska, as we all know, is a volleyball state, is it not? <laughs> At this point, um, yeah, yeah, I think it just might be. Sharon Zavala has been the head coach at Grand Island Central Catholic of the volleyball program for 45 years. But the story of how she became the head coach, well, that's really interesting. And you know what else is interesting? The mystery solved of recruiting at Grand Island Central Catholic High School. You will find that story hilarious and fascinating as well. I sure did, and I can't wait for you to take a listen to Why I Coach with Grand Island Central Catholic Volleyball Coach Sharon Zavala. Coach, it's the beginning of the season, so thanks for taking some time with us as you guys get into another year of volleyball, but uh, thanks for letting us pop into the library for a little bit. Okay, that's that's perfectly fine. I'm thinking about volleyball all the time anyway. Um, speaking of volleyball and sports, um, I always like to start this podcast with, we, I call it the resume question, uh, but take me back as far as you want to go to when volleyball and or sports in general became a part of your life, and, and here we are now. 45 years at Grand Island Central Catholic. You know, the my players can't believe this story, but um, there was no sports for girls till I was in seventh grade and we had softball. And uh, it was city softball. And there was two divisions, high school division and a middle school division. So I got to start playing at, in seventh grade. And then eighth grade, um, I was the only eighth grader that got to move up to the high school level. And... Um, I, I just loved, I loved competing, I, I loved the sport. Uh, I, was, I went to Grand Island Northwest in my freshman year. The PE teacher told me, you're going out for track. I said, great, I like, I like sports. That was the only sport we had, was track. And then my senior year, uh, Glenda Tucker, the PE teacher, uh, made us uniforms and we played maybe six games. A volleyball that was my first volleyball experience was a senior and I remember playing uh, during basketball season there was, you did not play volleyball then uh, when it first started in the fall and we had to play in, in before the JV boys games and I remember being at Adams Central we were playing and I don't know what set we were in uh, probably the second set and they stopped the game because it was time for the boys to warm up but that's how girls sports were kind of treated at that time. And I remember thinking as a senior in high school, I want more for girls athletics than this. 
I, I want to be a part of this. I want to see it make it. So when uh, along that way, where does the, uh, the teaching aspect come from? Well, I always wanted to be a teacher. When I was in elementary school, I wanted to be an elementary teacher. Then in middle school, I wanted to be, a, you know, uh, and um, got into high school, and, and I loved PE. I decided I really liked to be a PE teacher, and, and I liked math also, and I thought I'd probably get a double major. But um, I graduated a little bit early. I thought I'll go back and get my math degree. I graduated in three and a half years, but this job opened up at Grand Island Central Catholic, a mile from my, where my husband and I were living. So I took the job, and I've never left. Uh, 45 years, um, never left. And I asked you before we started recording, and of course I should always say record as soon as I walk in the door, because um, you, you, you had some opportunities, maybe sometimes, but never quite, uh, quite the right situation. Yeah, as I was saying before, um, I'm kind of a, uh, I don't like a lot of change. I've been in the same town all my life. I've been in the same school all my life. I've had the same husband all my life. So change is just not a, uh, something that, that I like. Um, talk to me about the first, those first years when you're getting into coaching. Um, you kind of went into it with the idea of you just wanted a better experience for high school girls. So what were what were some of the things that you were talking to your teams about back then? Well, you know, I came in at, in January, and I was actually hired to be the head girls basketball coach, but um, couldn't get the girls to come out, and we could only practice at 6 in the morning because you can't interfere with boys' time on the court. And so the sport kind of, it just didn't fly. So I was assistant track, and I was supposed to be assistant volleyball coach the next fall. But it, it, the head coach said, um, you know, I had never even seen a volleyball game. And at least I had refer refereed volleyball my senior year at college. So she says, you're more qualified, so let's just switch spots. So we did. We switched spots, and I became the head coach. And I wasn't going to let the volleyball happened what the basketball did so I went into the hallways I recruited girls to come out for volleyball if you look tall at all I asked you to come out and I really hit the cheerleaders because they were coordinated and at that time that was probably the premier thing for the girls to do so it was most coordinated girls so I went after the cheerleaders and the tall girls uh, we finally discover the recruiting secrets of yeah. GICC, right? Uh, the tall ones and the cheerleaders. Where? That's awesome. So what types of, of opportunities did you try to get the girls? Nowadays, where there's club volleyball. They're, I mean, they're playing volleyball 360 out of 365 days a year, it seems like. Well, uh, when I started in 75, um, we only had 10 games. That, that's all you had then. Um, it was the fourth year for the sport, and they'd won one game in three years prior. And so when we won our first game, I mean, I remember uh, I had a, a girl come up to me, one of my first players, and she said to me, it's the first time I've ever won in anything. We've never won in volleyball, not in, not in junior high, not last, the last two years. This is the first win we've ever had. And I just thought, wow, I can't, that was hard for me to, to fathom that, that these girls uh, had never experienced winning. And now they've done a few more than one win since Yeah, then. a few more. We went four and six the first year. Uh, four of my players were, um, my heights are shorter, so we weren't exactly real tall. But, you know, it was fun. It was fun, and four wins seemed like 100 back then. 
and um, every year uh, we just kept pushing a little bit more uh, probably about uh, right before we won the state champ our first state championship I decided that you know I saw the boys coming in the gym in the summer and they always had a hoop to shoot at the girls didn't have any opportunities so I decided to make an open gym where I would invite girls to come in, we would sp I would come an hour a day or one of my assistants, and we would spend time with the girls just, and we put up one net. And that first summer, I had two girls come in about every day, and we ended up winning a state championship. And that might have been the first open gym for girls volleyball ever, and that was probably back in about '79. It was just it was such a different time. The NSAA was actually what uh, like two or three years old only at that point so they were the NSAA as an organization was just getting its footing going you're probably right I don't remember the <laughs> NSAA back then um, I was pretty busy um, trying to raise my kids and and uh, take on a teaching load and and just I was coaching two sports and my husband was coaching the same seasons as I was I've asked this of other coaches as well so I'm always curious to see the answers uh, what are the some of the similarities between coaching a team and raising kids? Um, there's some overlap there. So what are what are some of the similarities you see? You know, I think discipline's always one thing, but I think I understood kids a little bit better after raising children. Um, you just understand their ups and downs a little bit more, and um, you have to manage your time better. So I think. Uh, when you're that busy, you take care of the things you got to take care of, and you let just some of that stuff slide. Things sometimes uh, we think is such a big deal. When you think about it, it really isn't. You can just let some things go. We don't have to be everything for everybody. Um, 45 seasons and multiple state championships, multiple trips, I mean, all the trips to state tournament. How has, how has the sport of volleyball changed since you started oh my gosh it has changed so much I remember my first years the setter was in the middle um, you you just you ran a five-man serve receive um, and, and just the game just kind of evolved and a lot of that was due to Terry Pettit um, at Nebraska he came out and uh, I remember him doing a coaching clinic at Central Catholic uh, it was one of the first coaching clinics that he did to try to get coaches to be um, uh, to try to advance us in our sport, which I, I thought was great because uh, it, it was very informational. How many of those types of opportunities were there back then? I mean, uh, I've, I've heard of that actually with football coaches and, and that, you know, coaching clinics and, and typically with the Huskers. So I had, guess I hadn't heard of that with, uh, with volleyball coaches too. It, it just, it kind of evolved. And I really can't, I, I haven't kept track of, of that, but I just know that, um, when our coaching organization got really strong and uh, we've always had uh, strong volleyball coaches come in and there might be 300 coaches at a session and I remember I've always tried to go to coaches clinic and at least one other clinic every year so um, I try to do two clinics a year. Take me through some of the years and some of the teams what's a what's a memorable team from uh, after four and six after that first year that uh, you really thought, you know, we, we, we figured some things out this season. Well, I remember our first state championship team, we um, have really tight officials, and we're playing at, I think we're playing Imperial, and my all-state hitter and my setter collided on a jumping up from a play, 
excited, and my Allstate hit her. Her two front teeth went into my setter's head, gashed her open. Uh, she lost part of both teeth and um, bleeding profusely. So we bring the setter out, and um, there's no way she can play. I mean, her she's going to have to have stitches. So I give her to my assistant, and I, it was Carla Rourke, and she was a two-year All-Stater. I said, Carla, can you play? She says, yes, I can play. Now, that was before the blood thing. She would not have been able to play now because she was spitting blood through the, through the net. I can't imagine what the other team thought. But um, it was in our second set, and I had to put a setter in, and our official was so tight. I told her, you cannot set the ball with your hands. You have to bump set everything. You will be called. And so we got through the game by bump setting everything, and we ended up winning that second set, and we were done. So then I'm, we took Carla to the dentist, and she got some caps on. And um, I remember my setter was number 13, and all our girls wore a Band-Aid then in their, in their forehead so that the other team wouldn't know who got hurt. It was just some weird thing that they decided to do, but we ended up, um, that was our first state championship. And, and um, what was the state tournament like back then for you guys? Well, it was at Pershing. Mm -hmm. um, uh, it, it's like it is now, nerve-wracking and, and excitement. And um, it, was, it was the same. Of course, it was um, uh, the 15-point game. It wasn't the side-out game. So uh, two sets out of three. So. And, and how has rally scoring the side-out, how has that been um, – what was that like to adjust to? I thought it would be a lot more for me to adjust to it because I was kind of a side-out coach. I always liked making sure. But you know what? That doesn't change. You still have to side out. You still have to have a first ball kill. Uh, the biggest difference is um, uh, before you could take a risk on serving, now you miss a serve, they get a point. Then, man, you could just you could go back there and, and really wail on a serve because it wasn't going to count against you. Um, what is the what is the best thing about coaching? The best thing are I think is the athletes. Um, I love putting a team together. I always think of it like a puzzle. These kids are like puzzle pieces, and you just try to get them to fit together the best they can uh, with the strengths that they have. Um, sometimes I think I might do things a little bit backwards, where some people say, "Let's practice what we're not good at." I say to heck with that. Let's practice. Let's be really good at what we're good at. And, um, you know, uh, last couple of years, we haven't been that good of a blocking team. I wasn't going to, we spent time on the block, but I wasn't going to spend as much time as maybe I will this year because I think we're going to be a better blocking team. And I think it'll pay off for us. Back then, I, we could have put all the time in the world and we wouldn't, it wouldn't pay off. So, what is the, um, what is the biggest challenge when you start any season? whether it's your first season or your 45th season, what's the biggest challenge uh, as a coach that you try to get ready for? Well, when I was um, younger, I, I, I think it was getting kids to buy in, although I've never really had a hard time with getting kids to buy in, um, maybe parents to buy in. Uh, the, the thing is now the older that I've gotten, I'm older than the parents now, and so I think I'm a little bit more intimidating than than they are. So um, I think that's just gotten a lot easier. Either that or I have just such great parents now. But like I have said before, I've had enough bad parents to know what good parents are. 
that helps. Sometimes you got to know know okay. one side to, to recognize the other. Yes. Um, you mentioned uh, that you tried to get to a couple coaching clinics. Who are some of the coaches? Um, you've been at this so long that probably the people that come to you for advice is probably longer than what it is that you go to advice. But who do you uh, who do you count on um, to maybe bounce an idea off of every now and then? Well, um, Renee Saunders, the SCUT coach, and I, she might be one of the best high school coaches uh, there is. Uh, we've become pretty good friends. Uh, the president of SCUT was my student, and then he taught with me, and then he asked me, should I hire Renee? And so, I don't know, we just kind of build a friendship probably through uh, Jeremy Moore. And um, I just have a lot of respect for her. So I bounce ideas off of her. I've had her come do clinics for me. But uh, if John Cook has uh, a clinic, I want to go to that clinic because he's going to be the most updated and um, uh, just give you drills that you can use. Uh, speaking of drills, I see the entire folder that just says favorite drills on the on the bookshelf here and I have a feeling there's a few more folders of other drills in there too. Yeah I, I have all kinds of technique books and and uh, I put together um, I used to put together a video for my junior high coaches uh, drills that I wanted them to do because so many times I had coaches that had never coached volleyball or maybe it was a parent we couldn't find coaches for seventh and eighth grade so i put together a video series so that these are the drills maybe to start out with these are and it took a long time and but um and i don't know if they used it or not but it was my help to them how important is that continuity from a junior high level into a high school level to get someone volleyball football or otherwise acclimated to Certainly the speed of high school is a lot different from junior high, but just the, the terminology and kind of the way to do things. It's, it's really important. I've had a lot of parents coach uh, in the middle school. I've had former athletes coach in the middle school. I love that because then they know the drills. They, um, they've been through it. Um, what was I was going to say? Oh, one thing that we do here that I think is really helpful, we run a middle school league in the summer. We might be one of the few schools that do it. Uh, a lot of people have a middle school camp, but that only goes on for three, four days, so many hours. And I don't know if middle school kids can really focus that long. So I have it twice a week for eight weeks for an hour. And we just do short court games. We do a lot of passing. And we give a, we start out with some skills, but not so much that they're indoctrinated by it. But then we get into more competitive play and um, we mix them around so nobody ever plays with the same person so much. So we, we run that, and I think that's been very uh, helpful to us. And my high school girls go in and they help. So you've, you've got the, the gamut, of, especially when uh, I've noticed that when people can teach something, they have a better understanding of what they're trying to do. Uh, that's, that's really true. And then you build a relationship of those middle school kids with those high school girls and they idolize them. They'll listen to them more than they'll listen to me. So, um, and, and you're right, teaching is a, is a good tool because um, they find out different ways of saying things. 45 years, over a thousand wins, all the championships. If there was something that you've learned in all of those years that you could go back to that first team that was about to embark on a 10 game season, what would you tell yourself to get you through the next 45 years? You know, I think when I first started coaching, I was so excited for the games. 
practice was one thing, you know, big, it was such a big deal. But, you know, the games is what I live for. Now, the games kind of stress me out. I look more f towards practice because that's where you can fix things. So after a game, uh, I spend a lot of time with stats. I think stats tell me a story. I can watch video, but I think every team looks different. Uh, Matchups are so different in volleyball. Um, you can see their tendencies, but how are you going to match up? Um, I think stats tell the story because you win and lose by errors. So if we can minimize our errors, it makes us tougher to beat. Don't beat yourself. Let the other team right. make them right. beat you. Right. Uh, well, Sharon, this has been fantastic and really insightful, I think. So I think uh, a few other volleyball coaches will pick some things up from this. So thanks a lot. Oh, thank you.